Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tuesday, May the 4th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's May the 4th. It's Star Wars Day. <laughs> what do you got for me? We're going to see, uh, we're, we're going to have Sam Hentges on the mound tonight for the Indians. He's a, a rookie making his first major league start. Uh, I, I, got, I got nothing to relate it to, uh, to Star Wars, though. It's not like he's some sort of Wookiee stepping out there. He's as big uh, as a Wookiee, though, maybe pretty close to a Wookiee size. He's six seven. Yeah, he's just a little less hairy. Forty five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for the Indians, uh, last night's win was really, uh, you know, late late inning hits, a couple of late home runs, and the bullpen uncharacteristically, uh, after being given a five run lead, uh, gave a few runs back. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a, a you know it turned uh, you know uh, uh, Rosario hits a three run homer, then the Naylor hits a two run homer in the seventh. Uh, so they go they go up five or eight three, and uh, you know you think it's in the bag, and uh, you know uh, Tito can uh, go to uh, you know the lesser arms in the bullpen, but he goes to Shaw. Uh, you know Shaw gets out of the seventh, but you know runs into trouble in the eighth and. Uh, and uh, and then and then uh, Karachak comes in, bang, two run homer. It's an eight to six game, and uh, you know it's it's all hands on deck. So that was that was interesting. And it was you know the first run Karachak had allowed this year. I think maybe what was it? The first Shaw's allowed since April right. 18th. Yeah, or it's 19th? only only his se- only Shaw's second earned run allowed, and yeah, it was uh, back against Detroit. So you know, real early in the season. Uh, I think something like nine, nine outings between allowing a, a run there. Yeah. So, and then, then, so then you've got to go Karen check another inning and you got to, you know, bring in your closer to uh, get to save in, in what was an eight to three lead in, in the seventh inning. So, you know, Kansas city has shown they can, they have some pop in the late innings uh, and the Indians fortunately uh, have, you know, continued that trend as well for them. Yeah, I think uh, going into the season, everybody was looking at Chicago's lineup as being, you know, extended and, uh, you know, one through nine, uh, you know, more tough outs. But uh, Kansas City's proving that with the addition of Carlos Santana uh, and if some some of those guys like Ryan O'Hearn and Brian Dozier, uh, when they make contact, the ball goes a long way. I think I think Dozier's home run was 410 feet 
looked like it was over the scoreboard in left field uh, off of Karinczak. And that's the first run Karinczak has earned run he's allowed this year. Uh, snapped to a 11 and two thirds scoreless streak to start the season. Uh, nobody's going to be perfect, but uh, nobody's going to be perfect, especially when they're pitching uh, third day out of four uh, over the weekend. It, it just seemed like uh, Franconi, you know, rolled Shaw, Class A, and Karinczak out, you know, three times, and we didn't expect to see them pitching in a game with a five-run lead. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, he, <laughs> I don't know what Tito, you know, I think when Tito, you know, lo- loves his bullpen, tries to protect him as much as he can, but when, you know, but he's also going to pitch him a lot too. So they, they don't pitch three days in a row, but, you know, they'll, they'll, so they, I think each guy had pitched like three times in the last four days. You know, I'm talking about uh, Shaw, Class A, and, and Karen Check. So, you know, maybe they'll be down today, tonight. I, I'm not sure. So it's going to be an interesting game that way. But yeah, um, especially with Hedges on the mound, you've got a, a rookie on the mound. If, if it's a close game, you're not going to have your, your three best bullpen arms. Uh, probably going to rely on Nick Wickren to get you through at least one inning tonight. Yeah, and, you know, they've been using what uh, Maton is kind of a slash inning plus guy. Then you've got, uh, uh, you know, um, Nick, uh, who's the side armor, uh, Sand, Sandlin. Sandlin will so definitely he, be in there today for sure. And he's been stretched out a little bit. He can go one plus. So, you know, if, if – uh, if a Henkis does run into problems or an early exit, you know, those are the guys you'll, you will be uh, put, you know, will pitch in uh, early and middle innings. Yeah. I got to believe Cal, Cal Quantrill, Nick Sandlin, uh, Nick Wickren will probably see some innings tonight. Uh, if, if Henkis can give you four, four plus, uh, that's a, uh, that's a pretty good night for him in his, his major league starting debut. Uh, so the Indians, Win a game last night. Looked good doing it. Uh, Aaron Savali, you know, uh, had to work real hard to get through five and two thirds, but uh, gave him a chance to win. And where where does that leave the Indians? Where does that leave them in terms of the the race now? And it's it's May what May fourth. You you can't look at the AL Central race right now, really, in in, in sort of the big picture. But uh, as far as where things are headed. Did we expect to, to see the Indians two, three games behind Kansas City at this point? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's, uh, you know, as, mu- as surprising as Kansas City was getting off to that early start, uh, you know, the hot start, I think they went 15 and nine in April. I think people had thought, you know, that the Indians were kind of, you know, on the back burner coming into this season. They saw who they'd lost, Lindor, Santana, uh, you know, who they, you know, cut the cord with and they were rebuilding you know, low payroll, uh, but, uh, you know, here they are uh, on this road trip. They're three and one against Chicago and, uh, uh, and they win the first game in a four game series against Kansas city. And before they left, they took two out of three from the twins. So I think they, they're, they're proven there's still a force in the, uh, in the division. Um, they're two games out right now for out, out of first place. They've got three to play against Kansas city. You know, we've seen, We've seen them play against Chicago to a 4-4 standoff after eight games of their season series. So, you know, I don't think they're going anywhere, Joe. I think they're they're in this thing at least uh, for a while. And I think uh, they're going to be – they're going to have a say in who wins it and who loses it. And, and and so being in it for a while, that's good news and bad news, I guess, for a, a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. 
uh, for those who, who want to see some sort of tear down and, and, and rebuild and, and get guys like Nolan Jones and, uh, you know, Bobby Bradley and those folks up here. Uh, I, I think it's maybe sort of bad news if the Indians are hanging around, but it's also good news because you're going to get to see uh, the best out of a Jose Ramirez and a Shane Bieber and, and those guys who are here uh, while they're competing with when they've got a chance to win something. So don't, don't uh, it's, it's still early May. Don't, don't throw in the towel on this team yet. A lot of people the you know, Oh, they can't hit the ball. Well, there there's other things that they can do. They can keep them in games and, and they can, they can have success. Uh, speaking of hitting the ball yesterday, uh, Eddie Rosario, uh, Josh Naylor, a couple of home runs late in the game. Uh, this is, this is what the Indians picked up Eddie Rosario for, uh, seven times in his career. He's hit home runs after the seventh inning that have put his team in front. Uh, this was, uh, you know, no exception. I think, uh, you know, he was doing everything he could to get the runners that were on base home in a, in a three, three tie in the seventh inning. And that's exactly what the Indians needed. Yeah. I thought, you know, I was watching that at bat and I, you know, he just looked to, to me, he looked kind of overmatched. I, I was not expecting that. And uh, you know, he, he yanked that ball right down the right field line. And uh, as soon as he got it up in the air, you knew it was gone. And, uh, and you're right, Joe, that's, a, that's why he's here. You know, he, that was their big signing in the off season. You know, he's a proven run producer. He's, you know, he, he picks up RBIs the easy way and the hard way. And uh, we see we saw him do it the hard way, basically, last night with the three-run over in uh, the seventh inning. And that was, you know, that turned the game upside down for the Indians. Yeah, and, and, and go back uh, earlier in the game, uh, there was, uh, what, a runner on second base after, I believe, Framil had a leadoff double. And uh, there's Eddie out there trying to drag a bunt past the pitcher. And uh, he was he was thrown out at first, but uh, you know managed to get the runner over to third. Uh, he he's doing everything, the little things to get uh, to get the runs you know in for the Indians. Uh, May is typically when he starts to heat up a little bit. He sort of flips the switch. I think he's got a career 306 batting average in May. Uh, his his OPS climbs a little bit, but June is really the month where he takes off. He starts hitting for power. And uh, so, you know, Tito basically said that in his post-game comments. He says, once he gets hot, he's going to get super hot and he'll be able to carry you for a good stretch. And that'll be something that the Indians will, will welcome. Yeah, that, that sacrifice bunt, uh, he's really bunting for a hit. Uh, and uh, Nicky Lopez made a great play on him, but he did get Fran Mill to third and the Naylor uh, drove him in with a two-out double. So, uh that, you know, that's, that's what they have to do, especially with the offense that isn't, you know, really productive. Although, you know, they are starting to score some runs late, uh, lately here. Last, I think uh, they're averaging over five runs a game over their last uh, eight games or so. So it's starting to pick up. And I think a lot of it has to do, you know, with warmer weather, better conditions. And, uh, and Joe, I mean, they're still not getting any production out of first base, catching, and, and basically pretty much center field, mm -hmm. I don't think, and, you know. And shortstop, to be fair. And shortstop, I mean. yeah. I mean, so hopefully they can they can get something going and out of those positions or, you know, you know, we, we, you know Bobby Bradley is down there for a reason, I would right. think. You, you would have to think if this keeps going on at first base with Bowers and Chang, I mean, 
I'm now that we're into now that we're into May, the month of May, I think we're we're at the point where now the countdown, the clock really is ticking on those two. Something's got to happen within the next, you know, 20, 30 days before uh, a, a move is made. Uh, Josh Naylor, another, you know, option maybe to, to work in at first base. Yeah. Uh, Naylor last night comes through with his first multi-hit game uh, since, uh, geez, I believe back in 2020 when he was with the, uh, um, the, the Padres, uh, his first uh, home run since he was with the Padres, a, a stretch of 144 at bats. Obviously, we're not counting the the playoffs where he had multi-hit games uh, in in two of the uh, the outings against the Yankees. But uh, Josh Naylor really uh, just of late uh, the last couple of games maybe just showing that you know there's there's a reason why they they've sort of made a commitment to him in right field uh, and giving him playing time in at bats and, and he can he can produce things like that. Yeah, and uh, you know he. he, he... He's shown that. He's shown that ability. He finally hit a home run, uh, hit off the top of the fence in uh, right field, but at least it got out. So now he's, you know, he's got that kind of, he can take a, a deep breath now. And, uh, you know, he's, he's hit the ball hard a lot, um, I think. And, uh, you know, he plays so hard, Joe. I mean, he slid on the second base last night. I thought he broke his leg when he, when he went in there. He looked like he had dislocated his knee or did something, but he was stayed in the game. So hopefully he this gets him going, Joe, and, and uh, gets him pointed in the right direction because uh, they definitely need need his bat in the you know in the six or seven spot down there. Yeah, the thing about Naylor, he looked so bad against Daniel Lynch, the uh, the Royals rookie who was making his major league debut uh, in striking. He struck out on three pitches, and and one of his swings was just awful. But the next time up, he made that adjustment and hit the double, and then the next time up after that. You know, he, he, he was, it was, it was against a relief pitcher, but you know, he hit the home run uh, against Junis. I, I think you saw sort of the, the, not necessarily the light switch going on, but the, you saw the adjustment being made. And, and that's the kind of professional at bat that the Indians need and the kind of professional hitter they need in that position. Uh, <laughs> bottle that or, you know, reproduce it, have it, have it happen more often uh, for, for those guys. Uh, I think, uh, would be a good thing. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com 
slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. Fran Mill comes back off the paternity list. Uh, baby Framion is uh, his fifth child. He was born on May 1st. And it's the Framion is an unusual name. It's the combination of Fran Mill and Marianne, uh, his wife. They, they combined their names because he already had a, uh, a Fran Mill Jr. Uh, Fran Mill Jr., if you recall, was born like shortly after the Indians acquired Fran Mill Reyes. And Framil had to had to miss, uh, you know, he was on and off for like a, a week or so. He was missing games because there were uh, he, the baby was in the hospital. There were complications of, of some sort. But uh, we've seen uh, baby Franmill running around at the uh, at the ballpark and in the uh, the kids play area during games when they were at home. And that kid is going to be just as big as Papa. Uh, <laughs> hopefully baby Framion joins his big bro- uh, his older brother and uh you know, has those six foot five, 260 pound genes if, uh, if, if he wants to be uh, an athlete someday. Yeah. And, you know, you just said, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, Fran Mill come back a couple of times, you know, after the layoffs sometimes, and it takes him a while to find his timing, but he looked like he didn't miss a beat, uh, against the uh, Royals. And he loves to hit in this park. He, he's hit, he's hitting over 700, I think in four games at, at, uh, Kauffman stadium. Uh, loves to hit against the uh, the Royals, and uh, I mean he was uh, what he had two doubles, three uh, three hits, two doubles, and uh, ran the base as well. So uh, you know th- th- he came back just in the nick of time for the Indians to uh, start this series on the right note. I was in the uh, in the press box at Kauffman Stadium last night, and when Framil hit his double. Uh, there was there were a couple of uh, you know folks I, maybe not necessarily writers but there was there was one uh, young lady and a couple of other writers who remarked about the way he was running the bases and I turned to him and I said you know he's got two triples already this year and he stole a base and they were just stunned by mm-hmm. by that revelation they didn't think uh, you know a guy that big who runs kind of he does kind of run a little funny but he he runs hard. He runs, he's got, you know, decent wheels, but he does look, it's, I, I think that's one of the reasons why the, the, the players on the, in the dugout love to watch him run the bases like that, because he does kind of look like his, his he's got like the roadrunner legs while the rest of his upper body is sort of, you know, standing still, but also very interesting. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, definitely fun guy to watch brings a lot of energy and uh, he's really uh he believes in the Indians, man. He's a true believer. He thinks they're going to do great things this year. We saw the Indians debut of Harold Ramirez in center field uh, last night. Uh, he didn't waste any time. The first pitch he saw, he, he uh, yanked off the wall in left center field, uh, hit it hard, and uh, you know played really well out there in center field. Looked like a professional center fielder, Paul. It was yeah. a refreshing change for the <laughs> Indians. Uh, somebody who looks like he knows what he's doing out there in center and uh, had another hit, did little things as well. Uh, Tito says he likes his energy and he likes his attitude. He says the guy's always smiling and he's fun to have around. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, since they're conducting open tryouts in center field, Joe, since opening <laughs> day, the they, postponed, 
they they might as well give Harold Ramirez a shot. They've given everybody else's chance except the two really most experienced center fielders they have in the organization, Mercado and Zimmer, aren't get, haven't got a call yet. But you know, hopefully Harold Ramirez, you know, uh, plays well out there. Uh, like like you, Joe, I was impressed with the way he swung the bat. Uh, you know, he he wasn't hesitant. He he has a game, he has a plan, and I guess his plan is to swing as hard as he can, <laughs> as early as he can, in case he hits something. So, uh, well, good for him. that's what Tito's Tito's more than once said. We know he can hit fastballs. <laughs> yeah. He said that. So, if the Royals are paying attention, he'll probably see more changeups than anything tonight. Uh, but yeah, fastballs are are on the menu, and Harold Ramirez is eating them up uh, right now. Uh, tonight's game, uh, again, we mentioned Sam Hentges is going to get his first big league start. Uh, what can we expect out of him? You know, th that's a great question. I've seen, you know, starts where, you know, guys, uh, rookies in their first start have gone six, seven shutout innings and they never pitched like that again. And I've, I've seen also like uh, Greg Swindell, I remember his big league debut against, uh, Boston, the Indians lost like 21 to two or something. It was, it was like some crazy stat and, and, you know, Swindell was gone in two in or two or three innings and uh, he came back and had a great career. So it, it, you can't make a judgment on the first start, but, you know, seeing what we've seen out of Henkes, I think, you know, he has some poise. I think a uh, big left-hander throws hard as a great breaking ball. I think if he gives them four, four and a third, five innings, they'll be happy with that. If he's got command early, it'll be a, a good night for Sam Henches. And it's funny you say it, Swindell, didn't he pitch like right out of the college season? Wasn't he like? He, he pitched right out of A ball, I think double He was in A ball and they called him up for his wow. first big league start. That's, that's, you know, but you got to figure, uh, play, he pitched at what, Texas? And that was. Yeah, he pitched at Texas and they, they almost killed him at Texas. Then <laughs> he was pitching like back to back. I think he was pitching like in a double header. He faced. I don't know if he started both ends of a double header, but he pitched in both ends of a double header. He was like throwing a you know 120 pitches, 130 pitches a game. I mean, it was like. But he you know he he hung around for a long time. He had a great yeah. Career. He had like a 20 year major league career for yeah. sure. All right. Uh, minor league rotations were announced. Uh, minor league rosters were officially announced today. Uh, the, the minor league season gets underway on May the 4th today. Uh, the Indians organization has some, some real depth at some of these, uh, these spots. Uh, I'm going to go through these rotations really quickly. Uh, in Lynchburg, their top overall pick from 2019, Daniel Espino, leads that rotation. Uh, along with Lenny Torres, who's a, a big uh, a big prospect there, and Josh Wolf, who was acquired in the uh, Francisco Lindor trade. Uh, also, Jordan Jones, Xavier Curry, and Sergio Murillo uh, round out the Lynchburg Hillcats low A rotation. Uh, Lake County has Mason Hickman, Matt Turner, Hunter Gaddis, Logan, I believe Logan S. Allen, uh, Tanner Burns, and Alex Royalty. A uh, few of those guys were college picks or college draft picks uh, in last year's uh, draft. Uh, I, I believe Mason Hickman and uh, Tanner Burns were among those guys. And Logan well. Allen, too, Joe. Logan Allen, too. Uh, in Akron, the rotation consists of Shane McCarthy, Juan Hillman Jr., Tanner Tully, Eli Lingos, 
and Joey Cantillo, who came over in the Mike Clevenger trade. Uh, so he's going to go right into double A for the Indians there. And the Columbus Clippers triple A starting rotation. Uh, Logan Allen, the left-hander who was in the Cleveland starting rotation uh, up until last week. Uh, John Carlos Mejia, Scott Moss coming off an injury, Kirk McCarty and Eli Morgan also coming off an injury. Uh, both of those guys uh, came over from Goodyear and will open the season in the rotation for Columbus. So what do you think of the uh, minor league uh, pitching rotations? Uh, some of the Indians' best prospects spread out over those four or five um, organizational uh, affiliates. Yeah, I like the, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Lake County with uh, Espino, Espino mm -hmm. and Torres. Torres, right. uh, Torres is uh, coming off of Tommy John. Espino um, is Espino is in uh, Lynchburg. That's where. Yeah, they're yeah, and, and, and Torres is uh, Lenny Torres is there too. Yeah, Lenny yeah. Torres is twenty years old, coming off uh, um, Tommy John surgery. Yeah, and he was like, I think a number three pick. I, I don't know if it was 2018 or 17. He was a high draft pick. And Espino, I'm anxious to see him, see how he does. You know, uh, he throws hard, Joe. They, he was throwing 100 out of high school when they drafted him. So mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, he, uh, he spent some time at the alternate site last year. And I was kind of surprised when we talked to James Harris. I was surprised that they're starting him at Lynchburg. Uh, I, I figured he... He might be a, a guy to start at Lake County, but maybe they want him to advance, you know, maybe yeah. more than one level this year and, uh, you know, start him off low, you know, no, no expectations there. Uh, but I really thought, I really thought he would be at high A at least to start the year, but they're starting him off at low A. Yeah. And, and uh, I guess, right. There's, I mean, there's nothing, to, I don't know how you look, you know, if he, if he does well, if he dominates, he can move him up for pretty fast. I would think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the, and the Columbus uh, rotation, it's it's interesting, Joe, because there's, the Indians rotation is so young in itself. Now, who who's the next guy? Who's the next uh, Zach Plesak? Is there is there another uh, uh, Shane Bieber down there? Or? Well, if you're looking for a Zach Plesak or a Shane Bieber, you'd have to look at Double A because neither of those guys really pitched very much. At that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and they've done such a good job with uh, you know developing these pitchers, and they're not. They don't have to be like number one picks. I mean, they've, they've hit on, you know, uh, you know, kind of middle round, early, early, early round draft picks. Uh, and uh, so we'll see, you know, is Eli Morgan the next guy is, uh, you know, Scott Moss, the next guy. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch, see how these guys develop. Yeah. Joey Cantillo in Akron right now is 21 years old. Uh, and, and the guys below him at Lake County, are all 22, 23, 24 years old because uh, they were in college that Mason Hickman, uh, Tanner Burns and Logan Allen. So, you know, it, it, it's funny the Joey Cantillo had developed a couple of years in the San, San Diego uh, farm system, but he comes over to Cleveland and they've slotted him up already at double A, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, well, he was in extended spring last year you know, at Lake County, and, and he was in extended spring this year. He's been down in Columbus pitching uh, as, as well. So, uh, and I think he was in the, uh, in, you know, the uh, reserve camp in spring training, in big league right. spring training. So, uh, you know, they, they must like him. Uh, you know, he's a lefty, like you said, and uh, we'll see how he progresses as well. Yeah, the Indians could go from having no lefties ever to uh, 
you know, all these left-handers now starting in the, in, in the system. It could be interesting. All right, Hoinze, uh, we'll be back at the ballpark tonight uh, to see Sam Hentges make his first major league start and see if the Indians can keep it going against the Royals uh, in the middle of this uh, four-game uh, visit to Kauffman Stadium. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.